Welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze Zack Snyder's Justice League by each individual minute. My name is Nathan. You can find me on all social media at NoClutchNate. And my name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And here, likely to vanish at any given moment, uh, it's me, Niall McGowan. And I am John Parker. And don't find me on social media. Screw you. Actually, no, yeah. you can. You come, come and talk to me. I like to chat. <laughs> I'm everywhere. Well, again, I, another thing, though, like as mentioned earlier this week, me and John have been doing Batman for like four and a half seasons at this point, And we only like this is the first time we got to do Jim Gordon talking to Batman by the bat signal. Like bizarrely this minute also features a batman staple that we have never got to touch upon on any yeah. of the minutes that we've covered the whole thing of jim looking away and turn around and batman been gone like it's a thing well, we have yet to touch on so but it's the famous batman move yeah this of is like the move he does and yet and yet four and a half movies in he's never done it with us so Still as surprising as ever. Um, But yeah, so this is what, minute 114. And the minute does start out with Commissioner Gordon looking out towards the Gotham Harbor in preparation for said vanishing act. Mm -hmm. Um, And the minute is going to end um, with Batman discovering some clues. Mm. Um, But yeah, this is, uh, it it, it always comes as a surprise when you mention. Things like that, uh, out of all the coverage of Batman media, um, it's Batman staples that we kind of are able to pick apart and and analyze and and see that you know when they're on screen or if they're not on screen at all. Yeah, um, it's always surprising to to know that um, this is another first. Yeah, um, yeah. So here but we go. I remember distinctly being a thing because us that grew up on those live action movies. But also just knowing it was a staple of the animated series that like mm-hmm. Jim, you know, Jim Gordon look away for a second and turn around and he'd be always he'd always do a little quip of like, you know, oh, I got to shut the window or you know something like that. I'm going to catch him one of these days. And like then when Nolan worked it in to Batman Begins and the Dark Knight and stuff, there being a little thing of like, oh, they're doing the thing from the cartoon. <laughs> like I remember that. But I've never seen it in a movie before. It's weird now that they're only getting around to it. It was such a staple of the of the comics and also BTAS mm-hmm. to be like, uh-huh. oh, it's only now, like friggin' in two thousand and five, where we getting a guy going like, well, yeah, he does this all the time. <laughs> like so, we might as well film it, you know, at, at some point. My um, question yeah. is, does begins count? Because when he first contacts Jim Gordon, he ends up, you know, sneaking into the office and holding the stapler to his head and the whole uh, now we're two line. Yeah. Like he yeah. does a disappearing act, but he gets caught. Like he, Jim Gordon is very fast hey, where you running going? up those stairs. Oh. Yeah. Like he, <laughs> he sees that he's going up the building. Like he sees him trying to attempt a vanishing act. So. I don't think you can necessarily count that because it doesn't work as a vanishing act. It's like, oh, you tried it, but it didn't. It didn't work. <laughs> the origins so. of the vanishing act. Yeah. yeah, that's why. That's why Batman got so good at it. Later, he's like, never again, never yeah. again will I um, clatter into a fire escape and balls up the whole thing. <laughs> I guess. Well, hang on. Now that I'm thinking about it, 
they do do it in Dark Knight, but you guys haven't covered Dark Knight or any of those. No, no, no. So, so it it makes sense for four years of doing all these Batman staples and Mm. missing things like this. Yeah, Um, but frustrating again that he does he doesn't do it in Mask of the Phantasm. It's like it's a staple of the animated series, but the animated series movie. No, we don't touch on that. It's like God damn it. Um, Although it's the thing, it was relatively. I was going. To, I was about to say it's a. It's almost like a more modern phenomenon, but it's not really at all. It's like fifty years old at this point. But like, I think he. They only started doing the Vashon Act in. Um, I got the details here of the Detective, Detective Comics four two four, which is from nineteen seventy two. Which, considering Batman starts like in nineteen thirty seven, you got a good chunk of time there where he wasn't doing this. Um, but yes, from an issue called uh, Double Crossfire. Um, and I, I looked it up because I got the DC Infinity app now. Uh, yeah, it's, there you go. It's a real, uh, it's a very standard story, uh, and it's just what at one point it's just like him and Batman are kind of sitting around together, and just Jim turns away, turns around, and the Batman's seat is empty, and he's like, "What the hell?" Uh, and he has like you know a full page afterwards of going like, "Batman just vanished. He's gone he's into thin air. Where did he yeah. go? Why did he do this?" And you know, obviously, then over the next fifty years, it's wound down to like. Yeah, he does that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Separation anxiety. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah, happens all the time. My question here, though, <laughs> is that like, because uh, you know, Jim, he almost he almost sets Batman up for it, though. It's like, why would you ever turn around? Like, you just you must know at this point. Like, if I look out over this harbor, that's the end of this. Unless that that's should it. be a joke. They should be like, <laughs> you should say that at one point. Like, why even bother turning around and just walk <laughs> off off stage, walk off screen? <laughs> I think it isn't. Um, it's in Nightfall when John Paul Valley takes over. Like Jim's just doing his thing and he's he, he turns his back and he turns around and he's just like, What the hell? And Batman's like, What? <laughs> he's like, Oh, you're you're still here. Like Oh yeah. So wow. when you have gone by now? He's like, Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> just oh, I'll I'll see you soon, Commissioner. <laughs> it's like, What what's what's happening here? Like I, I don't get this at all. But you're my question character. for this scene is uh is that like so Jim's gonna have this pronounced, you know, you know, he he's going to turn to the harbor and look out there. The the Batman say to Diana and and Cyborg, <laughs> like, by the way, as soon as he looks away, we're going to do a thing. Like, I'm going. Th- that's usually when I like it's it's setting up a joke. I, again, this this joke was very trade because I think this this did play in the trailer, and I have to ask, yes. like, how does how how does the joke work for you guys in terms of like. What so, happens with the Flash and stuff? Like, do you think it's like, oh, that yeah, that clicks, or what? What do you make of it? Yeah, so it, it is a great joke, and and just um, m- one of the big notes for this minute. Um, this is one of the first things shown at the Warner Brothers conference, um, following the aftermath of of Batman v Superman, and there was like kind of a. Um, a producer's conference or whatever, and to show that Justice League was going to be on this track to recovery, you know, we're, we're, we're making it more lighthearted. We're making it fun for audiences. Um, this was like the apology. Zack Snyder was like, let me show footage of um, Justice League to you guys so that you can see it. And so this was before... Um, it was revealed at, at uh, the one uh, at Comic Con um, before the teaser was shown. This was like several weeks prior to the teaser, and so 
there were two scenes shown. There was this one, which shows like Flash being like, oh, that's rude, and then zapping away. And so that was one joke, and so everyone could be like, oh, look, there are jokes in the DC universe, which there's always been jokes. Um, <laughs> and then the other scene was um, Batman revealing himself to Barry with, with the Batarang and him looking mm-hmm. at it and being like, oh, you're you're the Batman. And so that was the other scene that was shown. Um, and then when they did the teaser, then it was those two scenes plus the Aquaman scene in um in iceland or in yeah in iceland Mm. um and so that was what the teaser was uh but yeah this was like the very first scene ever shown to the studio to be like this is how it's going this Mm. is funny right this is what you wanted and it is like yeah it looks like your movies still it looks like a Zack snyder movie but there's a big joke here Mm. uh and the payoff is good because Again, you get Ezra Miller being Ezra Miller in, in the way that they carry Barry Allen and being like, oh, they just leave. That's rude and zip away. <laughs> and it works. You know, I can suspend the other disbelief where three of the members say, you know, like tapping each other on the shoulder, like, let's get out of here. You know, like, <laughs> well, that's I me. love all of the joke, uh, like all the flash related sort of gags, you know, like, oh, we're not all going to fit in your car. And then the, that's rude. All of this, I think it absolutely lands. It's brilliant. Mm-hmm. And there's an even better one coming next minute, I think. Uh, <laughs> see, it, it lands as a joke, as a concept for me, but I'm, I get stuck up on the fact that, like, you know, how fast Barry Allen is, and it, it takes him by surprise. That's so the joke. Like, yeah, that's, that's the joke. joke. That's right? it. And <laughs> but just, yeah, for uh, me, it would just be like, again, also, knowing diana's personality as well as just like would she be rude enough to just go like all right i'm out here too like yeah seems, it's i a, guess yeah it's just just like okay go i gotta go We're gonna for go. me I, I just kept thinking more like well you know even then barry's reaction would be like he would you know in the microsecond he'd work out what's going on and zip off and it's just like all right that's just that's been too nerdy about things and just been nitpicky and i accept that i think uh, he's just show his awkwardness <laughs> yeah, and he's disorder. like he doesn't even know he's just <laughs> yeah, in his yeah. mind, it's all just SpongeBob dolphin noises. <laughs> mm. He's super awkward and geeky and anxious and maybe on the spectrum or something. I totally get this. This oh, yeah. is how he would act. Like, yeah, he's super fast, but mm. he's also mm-hmm. a human being with all these flaws. You know, yeah. he doesn't he doesn't read the room, does he? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. no, not at all. That's like the um, it, obviously, it's like Flash would be the ideal character to be able to do a vanishing act right yeah uh, and and then it lands a little bit better that it is so delayed um the quick like look back left and right um that barry does i think is one of the better uh comedic timing bits that that ezra (laughs) brought to this character in this movie Um, yeah i think it really worked very well especially with how intense that head turn is um because it just makes me kind of feel like I, you were so enthralled in the conversation of whatever the plan was uh, that you were not like looking at your peripherals and you're just kind of looking out at the harbor as well, just like how Jim Gordon was. And you're kind of you're, you're in your own space, you know, um, yeah. I think it's great. It was a definitely a, a, a more light, lighter hearted uh, image of what the flash was in my mind. Mm. Um when I remember seeing it as like the teaser as or the trailer or whatever, um, I remember just thinking it was it 
it was kind of it was just there you know what i mean like it was like oh yeah they that's it that's a joke it's there that makes sense um it it worked it's good i wasn't in tears i wasn't holding my my sides you know (laughs) it wasn't completely comical i i doubt that i actually laughed out loud or anything but it was more of just um like yeah okay funny Mm. funny yeah that's good I think I think what makes it funnier too is that he says, "Oh, that's rude," and he doesn't even say goodbye. He just yeah. He also leaves. Like, okay. I think at the, at the, at the, that's the part of the joke I, re- I do I do like in that I guess it's Barry trying to make up his coolness. But yeah. I, mean, I guess I'm leaving without saying goodbye as well, even though I'm yeah. acknowledging that it's a very rude move to make. He's <laughs> also, and you're a stranger. I don't know you, old man. Like, yeah. I just I was just asking if you were coming along in the car. Like, I don't know uh, who you are, so I'd say like, uh, all right, I, do that I guess the conversation's over. When I meet people at a party or at work, and then all of a sudden it's just me and some stranger that I've only oh, met God, by proximity, yeah. Yeah. and like, I go... I don't, all right. Okay. See you later. <laughs> and they're like, wait, we we were having a conversation. He's like, were were we? Uh, I don't. I was having a conversation with that person, and now they're yeah. gone. Yeah. And uh, yeah. uh, I I need a, another drink. See ya. Like, yeah. Yeah. I like it when you really get to know somebody so well, like they're really close to the point where you don't have to say, "Oh, I'm going to do something." You you just sort of both mutually understand psychically. Oh, that's the end of this conversation, and we're going to separate mm. for a bit. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that all too but, well. but again, though, I just hung up on on Wonder Woman. You know, been been rude enough to do this to the gym. Like, I'm wondering if there's a version of the scene where it's like you turn around and it's just Batman that's gone, and Jim been like, "Oh, you're all supposed to go now." Like that that, <laughs> that, that, that was the signal to like conversations <laughs> over kind of thing. And then and maybe Dan is the one to be like, "Well, that's very rude." You know, that's yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. But uh, but yeah, no, but, but, uh, yeah, it worked. It worked for everybody else. So all right, I'll accept it. It's, it's a joke. Like a, that, that, that another answer. scene where he's like got his back turned. He's just like monologuing, but like Wonder Woman has to come up and like put her hand on his shoulder and be like, "Jim, they they left. Like, yeah, they're yeah. gone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're not here anymore." <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like, yeah, that 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 lands better for me. But that, this one, uh, you know, it's 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 too nerdy. But like, it is like. Turn around, but like the Flash, been the one who was so slow in the uptake. But again, yeah. that's the joke, I guess. So it's like, is. Oh, yeah. pay attention here. Yeah. He, has, he has this <laughs> dumb look on his face. Um, and just for clarification, this is something I wanted to talk about before. When I say him, I'm talking about Barry, yeah, they, them, yeah. Ezra. It's it's very difficult. Sometimes we're talking. I think about- the because of the Flash discourse that's been going on recently. I've sort of in my in my mind, I'm like when you're talking about Barry Allen, you can you say he, and then yes, yes. when you're talking about Ezra, you'd say they. I yeah, think that's so the way it goes from yeah in my mind at least. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Yeah, that's because so, the, the character isn't non-binary. Mm. Yes, which we also don't know if the character is Italian either. It was another conversation. We don't know. We don't know if he's at this point Jewish Italian is yeah. Barry Allen. So. There was a lot of spaghetti talk in that Flash movie. I'll give, I'll give you that. I can understand the confusion. <laughs> that was indeed. And then, and then you get, it makes you wonder, like, okay, well, how much Italian does Bruce Wayne have? And it's like, well, obviously, maybe none because of the spaghetti that he was making. Clearly. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, though, that Bruce cannot cook. Even after all these years without Alfred, he's like, oh, I don't know. I just threw yeah. this crap wrong, together. Though. <laughs> it's wrong, though. Like, 
It'd be one of those things, though. Just like, imagine, like, the, they could have CGI'd the ghost of Michael Goff to come in and be like, after all these years, you'll what never... What are you doing? Did I impart nothing to you, Master Wayne? <laughs> well, so it would be Mr. Wayne. It was, always, it was always Mr. Wayne with uh, Michael Goff. Never Master. It, was, mm. it only got into Master when it got into uh, the Schumacher movies. Although I think it's weird at the end of this when... Because we've obviously talked about the whole Master... As we master Wayne mm-hmm. and Mr. Wayne and all that business. And it's been like, oh, because Alfred's obviously a guardian to Bruce. So master is a thing you would say to like a little kid. And in his mind, it's like, well, this is the boy I'm looking after, basically. Right. Aww. So it's weird for me in the end of this movie when Jeremy Irons meets Superman. And he's like, Master Kent. I was mm-hmm. like, you don't know this guy. It would just be Mr. Kent to you or Mr. Superman, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so I thought that was, I understand what they're going for. Like, oh, Alfred calls everybody that. Like, no, he calls Bruce Wayne that specifically and Dick Grayson because they are his wards. They're his, yeah. you know, he's their guardian, kind of. So um, I think he uh, calls Wonder they, Woman Diana. Miss Prince. Does he say Miss oh, Prince? Miss Prince. Miss Prince. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, so... But he also in in Dawn of Justice, and it to me as as the viewer, um, I took the Alfred Batman relationship um, to d- different levels, um, and those levels were a lot deeper, especially with the way that the two of them understood each other, and how more particularly Alfred having a way better understanding of the type of person that that flawed Batman was in Dawn of Justice and him still sticking with him and being there and and doing that. So there is a moment in Dawn of Justice where he does switch between Master and Mister and it is um what is it? It's it's at the uh the 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 Capitol bombing. <clears throat> Alfred goes to give him the mail and it's one of the last checks and it shows like the the Capitol and everything like that. And he comes into the 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 penthouse and he's calling Ma- master Wayne, Mr. Wayne, like, and it's that Mr. Wayne is more of like an annoyance of why aren't you answering me? Mm. So to me, like their relationship was so much more endearing with each other that the master Mr. Was kind of like, uh, you know, when, if, if your, your, your parent would call you your full name kind of thing. It's yeah. Like, you know, yeah. If my mom were to say Nathan Alexander, I'd be like, Oh, yep. Okay, yeah. I got it. You know that the idea of that, um, but yeah, I I still think Master is very personal, um, mm-hmm. especially in regards to guardianship and in like an estate, <laughs> like the Wayne Manor. You know, like and and that whole upper classness of it. Um, yeah, I I don't. Master Kent was a little. Mm. Yeah, it oh, seems like it's it seems like it's endearing because like in. Because you don't. Want- I think in Alfred's mind, it's like he's like, well, Bruce needs a friend, and he's got his best friend, and his best friend's an alien because yeah. he wanted to. He's his best friend because he was so freaking Master obsessed Cam- with them. Uh, and- Master Wayne wants. He's he's got yeah. a friend now as an alien. It's okay. Yeah, <laughs> and he's got a girlfriend, so his, things are looking pretty good he's for still old Bruce. Yeah. yeah. Whatever Unless in that moment he is also too like he's having a moment of like and I for one welcome our new alien overlord. <laughs> he's like Ma- yeah. Master Kent, yes, I will do whatever you say, sir. <laughs> I think it's great. I think it's great that um, to have Alfred refer to Superman at least as as Clark Kent, whether it's Master Kent or Mister Kent or or just Clark. I think it's nice that Alfred welcomes that person in not as Superman or an alien, yeah. but as who he really is and I think he yeah. understands it 
better than mm. Bruce does. So he, he, he um, it's, mm. it's fantastic. I wonder if there was ever a moment where, like, in the script, they were going to go for uh, Master L. And they're like, nah, it's too weird. Yeah, <laughs> just, yeah. Master Cat works better, right? I think. Yeah, and uh, it is great, as we talk about, like, different people have different ways of, of recognizing him, like Wonder Woman recognizing him as Kal-El instead yeah. of Clark, as Clark or Superman. Because that's not who he, how he was introduced or, yeah. you know, how they like to be seen. Um, yeah. Yeah, Wonder Woman doesn't introduce herself as Wonder Woman. Yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not, I don't herself at all, Woman. but, you know, it's... <laughs> It's that whole idea. Um, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, that'd be another one, though. Alfred, Miss Woman. <laughs> Every time she shows up. Yeah, like, no, no. Go, we gotta, <laughs> no, you can't talk we, like that. <laughs> You're going to get canceled. <laughs> I was like, oh, we gotta, we got to cook this script one more time, guys, I think. <laughs> um, so a, a few notes just about what they're talking about. They're, the parademons, all the traffic that they're doing is leading back into the into the harbor. Obviously, they say, well, there's no roads out there. It's like, yeah, dude, it's a harbor. I get it. There's no streets out yeah. there. We um, don't need roads. Come on. They're talking about, you know, there's there's tunnels. Um, it, le- it leads back to Strikers Island, which was Strikers Island was in Dawn of Justice. It kind of got decimated on the surface level from Doomsday and Superman. Um, and um, they say that there was an abandoned Metropolis project uh, that was abandoned in 1929, uh, which is really interesting because I guess it kind of lends into this idea that as Mo- Metropolis prospered, uh, Gotham City was trying to prosper as well. And, and you see one being successful and, and one devolve into um, chaos. And so this Metropolis project that would have connected the two cities um by destiny cannot happen and so it's a failed project that happened in 1929 why they chose that year uh in the meta of things i don't know because that's too early than any detective comic story mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's weird yeah yeah i don't know why they you think they would land on the publication years really yeah, like you? 1939 or something like that which a lot of times in these in these stories they they do line up like that um they do choose dates and stuff that that tie into the comic books. Um, but this one being 1929, it was like, that's, that's interesting. I don't know why you chose that one. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe detective comics started. No, maybe, I don't know. It's a good question, but, um, um, yeah. So, but this Metropolis project was very interesting to me and it reminded me of, of mask of the phantasm a little bit, uh, because of this, uh, this idea of the future, right? Like they would build a tunnel or a, a tunnel, really, a channel tunnel. I'm sure you guys are familiar with that. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that would connect the two cities. And so it, to me, it seemed like something from, you know, like the World's Fair or, or whatever the I, – I don't remember. I, I was trying to look to see if there was like any in real life like bridge project that was happening in 1929 that was like, oh, we're gonna connect New York to something or New Jersey to whatever. Well, that like, does that exist. Co- we do have that. I mean, yeah. What? What are those bridges? Uh, no, no, no. There are the. <laughs> we do have the tunnels that go underneath the. Uh, what's the New York Harbor called? Hudson. Hudson River. There we go. Um, yeah, but I mean, like the subway, maybe, when did the subway start? 
<laughs> I don't know these things about our. I don't know. About New you York. should know about all of this stuff. Come on. You guys yeah. know about the. You guys know your history of the channel. I don't. Uh, absolutely not. No. When was when was Big Ben built? Uh, uh, I know. I mean, I'm not going to tell you. Obviously. Yeah. I know. I about, just uh, you'll have to give me a moment, uh, and you hear any keyboards clicking. That's uh, purely coincidental. Yeah, it unrelated. was invented in 19. Uh... I think about the uh, Statue of Liberty often, and how it used to be like brass, like gold. And I'm like, no one ever thought about restoring that. We just leave it green now. Just like, that's I think too I think they must have just decided. You know what? Actually, looks cooler. <laughs> yeah, just, just leave it like that. Yeah, mm. it's good. Well, you could start a petition. You could be the guy. You'll be like, you know what? Bring up and bring back the gold. <laughs> Let's do it. You know, we don't do that anymore. We don't give people statues anymore. Mm. Like it sounds like something out of like fiction. Oh, the French gave us this giant statue. Yeah. As a piece. <laughs> I think now everybody would be too suspicious and be like. France is giving us a statue. Like, what's in it? Like, yeah. what, why? What they got planned here? Like, I don't, I don't trust this one bit. We can't trust each other anymore. Like, can't give anyone no giant statues of people. They find out now. It's like, no. After several years, the gold will oxidize and turn green, and it'll look terrible. <laughs> it'll be the like, greatest oh. con ever. <laughs> it'll it take was... several decades, but still, we'll get there. It was that plan all along. Yeah. Create the world's biggest eyesore. Um, <laughs> so yeah, and so th- I mean, there's a lot here that um, mimics New York and, and Jersey City. Um, I mean, Strikers Island, which was actually in a Superman comic because of the the Rikers Island being like Manhattan, then there's Strikers Island. Um, what was interesting about this this first introduction of, of Strikers Island? Um, in Superman, it's Superman Volume Two, Issue Nine. John Byrne, who also wrote Doom Patrol at one point, um, nineteen eighty-seven. Uh, Superman's villain in this comic book is actually the Joker, which is very mm. surprising. Yeah, um, in which he's he, he, he gets around that guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so it, it is pretty interesting that uh, that it's and and it's weird because it almost ties back to injustice a bit where uh the joker he comes to metropolis um his reasons for doing it is simply why not um Mm -hmm. and uh he captures like jimmy olsen perry white lois lane and then he puts them in lead coffins and tells superman he has 30 minutes to find them before the air supply runs out oh Uh, i like that and so superman is like trying to find them he can't use his x-ray vision um and but eventually he 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 thwarts Joker and the day is saved of course and then I I think he he puts him in um um he puts him in Strikers Island Penitentiary and mm. that's that comic but yeah, yeah John Byrne the, the Joker's plan is like I'm yeah fancy a change from Arkham maybe if I go bother this superhero I can get locked up in a different prison exactly <laughs> that's what ends up happening so it's a really cool, interesting idea for a comic book that Superman's villain of, of this one would be. Um, the issue is called To Laugh and Die in Metropolis. That's what the issue is called. So, <laughs> that's our introduction to, to Strikers Island there. I also thought it was interesting in this minute that um, in yesterday's minute and in this minute, Wonder Woman refers to this as like the parademons must have a nest there. 
And then she says that, you know, we should go there because that's where the nest could be. And I thought mm. the term nest is very strange. Um, in, well, they're insectoid. I think that's what they're going with, isn't it? It's like, well, you... they're kind of like flying around like insects. Yeah, nest. I, don't know. I see it as like, so that's where you make more, right? It's mm. where you multiply. You create mm. more parademons there. Are you making more parademons? Um, mm. it, it's it's one of the things we see in the 2007 Justice League that we don't see at all in this four hour cut, which is a a person turning into a parademon. Mm. Uh, doesn't happen in this movie. It happens in in the um, the, the uh, war with the gods. Yeah, it happens in the flashback, but not on um, <clears throat> not in Gotham. Yeah. And that was another thing that was cut from this film was there's concept art of the machine room that we'll see in the Metropolis projects, what I'll call it, um, where there's all these cocoons and egg sacs that are um, created on the walls of the machine room. And they Mm. are to discover that many people are being brought by parademons to be turned into more parademons. And so Wonder Woman saying, oh, this is where the nest would be, implies that when they get there, they are to find out that it is a nest, that it is them where they create more parademons yeah, from. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, it's a good concept, too. It's it's more kind of chilling to realize, like, oh, these things won't just kill you. You'll become one of them. Yeah. 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 I so. mean, it comes from, it's from the comic, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just kind of just brought into there. But mm. um, I don't know. I never, that's... Really, the first time I'm taking notice of that delivery, to be completely honest with you. Yeah, um, they like I said, there is concept art of it. The reason that they cut it, again, was because it would be too scary. And with all the backlash yeah. of, of um, Dawn of Justice, the studio said, <sighs> do not put that in the movie. Well, uh, yeah. I also, <laughs> I also think that it kind of... Um, with having something like that, at least that little element in, uh, does give a little bit more um, uh, power to the idea of an apocalyptic invasion. Um, so, because you are then turning humans into parademon apocalyptic, you know, hybrid things. So. That's like just like a massive like loss because if if parademons are starting to like kidnap people out of the city and stuff, that seems like that's like hundreds of people kind of thing. That's a lot of casualty. Yeah, holy. <laughs> so I understand the idea of it being like, no, that's a little bit too dark. But when you look like from the comic when they're doing it, it is like the the invasion does happen. You know, here we get Steppenwolf actually doing his invasion, but he's not taking over cities. Hmm. You know, he does go to the abandoned, toxic, uh, you know, ra- irradiated Pajornov, but um, yeah, but yeah, it's definitely way too dark, and I, I, I think, I think it's a good move. Um, I'm gonna be honest with you, I completely forgot about the whole uh, Parademon transformation in the Joss Whedon one. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. there's yeah. a lot of that movie that I'm just like, I, <laughs> I, I don't remember. Yeah. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Um, it, it's it's interesting. We we talked about it a little bit with with the Flash when we did the review. Um, but it seems now with with the events of Black Zero, or really with the events of Man of Steel being released and people having so much uh, vitriol for for humans being 
fodder in a in a in a battle between two Kryptonians is that now we can't have that anymore. We can't have uh, stakes. Now everyone has to fight in a desert, which mm. is or Pajorno. Like we have to say at some point in our DC films, this is abandoned. Whether yeah, yeah. so nobody gets hurt. <laughs> <laughs> The airfield is abandoned. Uh, mm. Well, that, that also opens up the, the the question though of like parademons can they be turned back into humans? Like, well, I never like it when that's the. I don't even like it in Star Trek when the Borg can suddenly be turned back. I'm like, ah, stupid. No. Well, well it's, it's, the the thing with the Borg is weird because it's just like in First Contact, you have Picard just going crazy, just killing people left, right, and center. Because like, well, they're Borg. It doesn't matter. And it's like, that's it. They're as good as dead. And it's like, you came back from being a Borg. Man. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's your whole thing. Yeah. And it's just like, this was Ensign Lynch. I'm going to tear open his stomach and get information out of him. Like, <laughs> like dude, you could have saved him. Like, what are you doing? But, no. but isn't that why that makes Janeway such an incredible captain in what she does with Seven of Nine? You know, that's cool. Yeah. 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 And and I, I will say now, this is spoilers. If you're not uh, up to date on whatever the new Star Trek stuff is happening, uh, Seven of Nine does kind of revert back to a little bit Borg uh, like she was in Voyager. And I was like, oh, now we're, this is cool. This is great. Um, on the other <laughs> hand, Hugh is just a normal guy with like awkward and he's smart. And yeah. I was like, ah, that's <laughs> yeah. kind of, you could, you could be a little robotic, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> again, though, yeah, right. another, another thing, again, in first contact though, Picard's just like, ah, I met a Borg who convinced me uh, that the Borg could be saved and redeemed. Mm-hmm. And that was part of my whole character arc. Forgot about it for this movie, though. I hate them, and I want to kill them all. <laughs> like, evil. Yeah. Well, oh, but that would be the thing then, though. But it's like, oh, yeah, the Justice League go in and just, like, slaughter an entire nest of parademons, and they find out, like, hey, you could have you turned them back, though, in the, in the end. If you, yeah, but... So, I don't know, is it addressed in the comics though, or is it just like? Yeah, no. I'm pretty sure you... that they that they could change them back. Um, oh, well, I... I'm fairly certain. <laughs> I don't think you can, because the only one I know that got turned back was they were trying to turn Superman into a parademon, mm. and of course he's Superman, so he can like fight it and stop it. Mm. Yeah. But everyone else next to him was like a human. They all got turned to parademons, and it was like, oh, that's grotesque. That's awful. Yeah, uh, I I remember it wasn't. Parademons, but there was an episode of the Superman Superman animated series where it's the one with Doctor Fate comes into it, mm. and someone like some demon comes in, takes over the Daily Planet, and turns the entire staff, including Lois Lane and Jimmy, into like some sort of bizarre monster creatures. And I remember being like when I was a kid, it been the most terrifying thing <laughs> in the world. Like properly mentally scarring, and then I recently rewatched it, and it's just like it's it's so brushed off, like it's it's not a thing at all. It's just like oh yeah, they got turned into monsters for like two minutes, and then they, they turn straight back. But um, but yeah, it was it was one of the same thing because that it seemed like you know to a child's mind, this is like this is the worst thing that could possibly ever happen. Whereas then, if you establish it, like oh, you can just switch this back and forth, like this isn't a big deal. It uh, it changes the stakes uh, quite mm-hmm. drastically. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, you could have that also a thing, though, of potentially one of the Justice League becoming a parademon. And then it's just like, well, you know, if it happened to the Flash or it happened to Aquaman or something, this, you know, add in a bit of stakes to the, the final fight and stuff. But that would be um, pretty interesting. I mean, I would, I would like to see that. And then they could be like almost like alien, like the xenomorphs, where they, the parademons start 
as he turns into a parademon, like if it was Martian Manhunter, then he'd be like a para Martian Manhunter. Mm. Oh, that'd be cool. I want to see that. Yeah, that'd be. Or revert they, back to like the the regular Martian form and not his humanoid form. Yeah, like uh, yeah. yeah, where he's like more of a green Martian, which they they kind of do that in Justice League Volume Two as a throwaway panel, and they were like. We haven't even recovered yet after fighting that one Martian. You turn the page and it's just this giant splash page of the Justice League fighting mm-hmm. Martian Manhunter in his green yeah. Martian form. And it's like, oh, that's cool. I would like to see that. Hey. Um, but yeah, it was just a cutaway. I really enjoyed that one. Um, but yeah, so the next one was interesting. Um, I shared the concept art with you guys, but I'll have to share when we release this episode, share that concept art with um, with the listeners because it is interesting to see. Um, it is grotesque would be a good word for it. Um, <laughs> since we're, since we're using that, yeah. that's the word of Real, the week. Kind of, uh, HR geekery. Yeah. A little too, a little, a little too much, but probably could have compromised in some way. And, um, people hate that word compromise nowadays, but, um, <laughs> they could have found it's a forbidden. way. Um, this next scene of this minute, um, this was another, like, Hey, we just shot this. This is at uh, the Hall H teaser, and it's um, the introduction of of the Nightcrawler. We don't see the full Nightcrawler here in this in this minute, um, but it has uh, a lot of the stunt doubles in the costume of the characters uh, jumping off the Nightcrawler into the abandoned tunnel. Mm. Um, yeah, so my main question um, is how does the uh, how, do, how does how does the music fit with this with you guys? Right. Okay. I'm glad you asked about this. Maybe I'm in the <laughs> maybe I'm in the minority here. I just I just love the music. I love it. I don't care. It's it's a yeah. badass scene. Just them all getting out of this awesome vehicle. The music fits that. I could understand some people not liking it, but it, it comes back again as well when they yeah. reuse it in like a minute's time. It's, it's amazing. I just love mm. it. It's so cool. Mm. <laughs> I was just always very... Because um, I, I can't remember the score specifics from the 2017 version. I just remember Icky Thump been... <laughs> that, that's all, really all stuck in your mind, isn't it? Yeah, well, that was a big part of the marketing too. It was just like, yeah, this is like Justice League brought to you by the White Stripes. Kind of thing. <laughs> and... Um, for some, in my head, I, I remembered this like, oh, Icky Thump plays in this scene as well, right? And then I had to look it up. It's like, no, this in the the Justice League, this is completely silent. Yes, uh, this the, this, this trapes in, which I thought was like, oh, that's a weird choice. But I wasn't too sure if like Icky Thump is at one point because it sounds it has that same grungy guitar sound. I wasn't too sure if it was like use this temp music mm. at some point, and then. When they were just like, we just need to get a movie out, you know. When they in the 2017 version, they were like, just keep it in, just use that. That's a what you know. We'll, we'll license the, the song and just put it in there. And then you know, Zach comes in. He's like, no, no, we're gonna. It was only ever designed to be a temp track. Now I want the actual score that invokes that same kind of sound, but you know, better or whatever, or you know, more something we can play around with more. Um, but I don't know, like what? It, how much work did the I keep I don't know he doesn't go by Junkie XL anymore now, but it's it's the name I know him. Tom under. Hulkenberg, yeah. Yeah. Did he come back in? Did he was he brought in to like rescore a lot of stuff or was it all kind of already laid down? Yeah, so it, it it's it's both in a weird way. So 
he had the idea uh, of of Justice League. He was working on it before they replaced him with Danny Elfman. And then he said that a lot of what he did for Justice League got ended up being used in Alita Battle Angel. Oh, whoa, and, what? Mm. Yeah. So a lot of the music went into Alita. And then when he was asked to come back for Justice League, I think it was all redone from scratch. I think. Um, that would be such a pain in the ass, though, to be like, oh, yeah, so we, you wrote music for a movie. We didn't use it in that movie. We used it in a different movie. Can you now write us more music for that original film so we can use your score again? But we want something different this time. I'd be like, no. No, yeah, I yeah. did it once. That would really be like, I don't know what more you want from me. <laughs> like, <laughs> I did it already. Yeah, I really don't know. Um, he had, he put so many videos. Uh, when when this movie came out, he did so many videos for each moment, uh, a famous song like "At the Speed of Force" or whatever. And he would he would kind of go into detail of, of of where he started with that. Um, and you know he would just pick up instruments left and right and 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 start showing how he was laying that out track by track. So there's incredible deep dives on on Junkie XL's channel. Or yeah, it is. I think it's I think it's still Junkie XL. Maybe it's Tom Holkenberg that he's renamed the channel. Um, but you can find those those arrangements, and he kind of goes into detail about it. Um, it's. I think the music that Tom did for Man of Steel is fantastic. Um, for what he did with with Dawn of Justice is fantastic. In Zack Snyder's Justice League, it's a little too um, separated. Where it's like it, you know, this moment here with this song and, and this uh, this just guitar riff is awesome. Yeah. But then you're talking about like we we cut to Wonder Woman and we have the ancient battle hymn. And then we go yeah. to another thing, and um, Bruce Wayne's starting up the 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 Mercedes, and now all of a sudden it's like a dubstep car commercial. And so, like, <laughs> it, it really sometimes the music is a little too everywhere. Um, mm. But then again, like, it's it's fine. And in, in, in each moment, in each scene, it's like, well, at least we're getting into the mise en scene of each superhero. Like in this moment here is like our first. Justice League action scene. This is the first time we're going to see the Justice League together try to do something. And so having this kind of like, um, I said this like way before when we first started recording this, but it has like a gunmetal um, hmm. uh, vibe to it where it's like these are vigilantes in costumes um, you know, the it's it, there's a ruin here, there's like these stairs, everything's rusted, and so having the guitar rift keeps it metal feeling, yeah, that makes sense. And so, Literally it's really metal, yeah, industrial, 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 rock industrial. And, yeah. and whatnot, yeah. I get that when you relate it to uh, Batman and his gadgets, especially with the Nightcrawler, and like that, this is technically this is one of those moments this is that moment this is we're coming off of uh how are they going to fit in your car and he said i got something bigger this is supposed to be the reveal of like boom new machine new batman tech kind of thing um mm. so i get that sense of it being industrial rock of little little steampunky because because batman is you know very um 
self-sufficient, so it's not like... And and he makes all of his stuff, so like that industrialness of, you know, the the hammers hitting and, and the metal pinging noise and, and that tone of guitar that all of that invokes just kind of seems like it is somewhat of Batman. Um, but at the same time, I also think those things like take away from the like gothic orchestral pieces that you have as Batman. Like, uh, you know, much like a Danny Elfman type style of whimsical, um, I guess, fantasy storytelling kind of thing. Um, See, I, I'm, but still with a very dark tone. Mm. I'm still on the like the trumpet that I we mentioned before. Like I know it's used for like mm-hmm. the nightmare scenes and or the dreaming, but mm. to include the muted trumpet would make it feel more detective story, in the sense of mm. like they're trying to find these Star Labs members. Do you have the the low yeah. muted trumpet? It keeps a very noir feeling, um, but here it's like. This is a Jim it's, Lee comic book. You're here to yeah. see. <laughs> I think yeah. it's supposed to be like more of like ensemble. Like now it's not just like, like yeah. this is a the band finished project. Literally yeah, is here. this is, yeah, it, yeah, pretty much. And, and it comes from, you know, it's a song that you should be familiar with, I guess, you know, that many people are familiar with, at least from the motif of what's playing. Um, and obviously the lyrics of said song, you know, uh, the whole thing with, coming together all that stuff so like i i get it it seemed just a little bit too on the nose for me Mm. um so i'm not i don't know i don't really care for this version of come together either it's just not i don't i don't know maybe i'm just jaded to the beatles Oh well, it's not come together (laughs) it's not um what's his um oh i forget uh who who did that? Was song. it? Is it not? Am I thinking of something completely different? Um, give me one second. But this, this is this is Tom Holkenberg just on guitar, with many the many instruments. Um, that that he. Uh, yeah, you, you just said. I I always thought it was in, indicative of the come together cover that they added for Justice League. Yeah. So there's Gary Clark Jr. who does come together, and yeah. it, it Junkie XL did work with. Gary Clark Jr. on that cover because it was done for this movie, but this isn't that song yet. Mm. Okay, is that well? Song it in sounds this movie? like it. So that's why it was. That's why it, it, it threw me off because it very sounded so much similar. I just still, mm. still, I think it's a little bit just too on the nose. Um, I don't know if I necessarily uh, put like rock music to Batman. I just don't yeah. think that I've ever entertained that thought. Mm. Um, Unless it's like Batman Beyond, where they have in the raging guitars, but then the, that's a different Batman. That's, that's different, yeah, and it's yeah. different Batman, and that's and that's like um like dark synth kind of I, yeah. style. Yeah. So I like, agree, but I think it works. Like the Batman, so when he goes to that that Penguin Lounge club, yeah, mm-hmm. so good. <laughs> no, I agree, um, but, but I think anyway. the rock music works for like not for Batman, but for the Justice League. Like mm. it, it works. That's for what this I. Group. I love. Yeah, it. that's it what I had to like retrain myself because I said, "Well, I said like this is now the ensemble. Like this is everybody getting out of the car yeah. to join the battle. So yeah, it should be battle music. Yeah, I mean, there's always be a, a part of me that like you know because I grew up with so for so many years. Anytime you know seeing or hearing about the Justice League, I'll just have dun, 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 and then have to to not only go from a different song to a completely different vibe. 
It's kind of like a, okay, this is going to be a mental readjustment. But um, I, don't, I don't mind it in that it's like, you know, beyond all the gunmetal stuff. Uh, mm. You know, this kind of swaggery rock guitar has a kind of rebellious, you know, kind of freewheeling vibe to it. And I guess this is now like, well, it's a, it's a ramshackle group yeah. of vigilantes having to take things into their own hands. And so thematically to me, it's like, oh, it kind of works there because it's just like, OK, you know, it, it's 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 all very dirty and sort of like cobbled together. It has a kind of, you know, kind of unkempt sound to it. But that's what the group is at this moment. Like they're not a polished orchestra yes. piece. They're just sort of like, yeah, OK, that... we're, 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 we're people who don't know each other and we don't really know how we're going to deal with this, but we got to do something. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it worked OK for me. Yeah. Yeah, that that um, dirty would probably be the best word to describe um, the tone of of what this scene is, is because of the noise that they have allowed on the guitar itself, the noise um, mixed in with the 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 ruins, the debris, kind of like where the team is at, how they look, especially like the the Batman suit. It's supposed to give off that feel of like like that grunge. And mm. that industrial grunge that uh, Nathan was talking about, and um, that's the that's the feeling I get from it. Um, it's it's definitely a choice, uh, I'm sure. Like, and I think that's where people sometimes they they can be like, oh, you know, that's not for me. That's not my preference or anything. I can allow it. Like, I I, I love it. I I personally love it, and I'm like, yeah, let's let it let it be its thing. I'm I'm cool with it. Mm. You got to come together, let it be. Like you got some Beatles on the brains today. <laughs> yeah, and that should be us. We're in Liverpool. Yeah. You guys. Well, not, not me currently, anyway. No, but you live here. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. Oh, oh, one thing I can't leave this minute though without pointing out, uh, not to objectify anybody, but uh, you know, Cyborg got back. Uh, turns yeah, out yeah, in this yeah, movie yeah. we got some some cybernetic buttocks uh, yeah. on full display he's been enhanced <laughs> <laughs> you guys get to talk about it in, in the Schumacher film so this one was for you <laughs> <laughs> that was yeah Zack Snyder's ode to Joel Schumacher yeah, it's like oh, yeah. well it's the, it's the reason you gave us these minutes it wasn't anything to do with Batman yeah mm. it had nothing to do with Jim Gordon and the Bat Signal no, no, no I saw I saw a superhero butt and I said this one's for you guys <laughs> Well, that was like what happened to, with Silas. He was just like, well, my son always complained that he had he didn't have back. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> to make it up to him in, in, in his second life, here, here you go, kid. I've given you those cheeks you. you always wanted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it, uh-huh. I, now that you mention it, I'm like, well, is there uh, Zack Snyder's Greco-Roman and Schumacher? They were probably on the same page now that I think about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, oh, definitely, yeah. definitely. Like, um, you know, Zack Snyder, we know from his other movies, I mean, 300, he likes to emphasize the physique, let's mm. say. Yeah, I yeah. think it's more that he he's also bringing in, like, the story elements and the themes of that kind of thing, whereas Schumacher was more just, like, the aesthetic. It was pure aesthetic, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which, uh, like, and, the- like, Zack Snyder got some flack for that as well with, like, his depiction of the Amazons having less clothing Mm. instead of like how patty jenkins wanted patty jenkins decided well all the amazons should have armor that looks like wonder woman so they all have modified wonder woman armor but for zach in this movie he was like 
listen, these women are ripped and they worked hard for it. So it's going to be on camera. Um, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. so it's kind of like, I don't think it's um, misogynistic or whatever the internet may, may have of it. I, to me, I'm like, yeah, if I train my abs every day, you're putting it in slow-mo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, like, freaking Momoa takes off his shirt every given moment of the movie as well. So it's kind of like, at least it's even-handed. Like, he's he's taking off his shirt when there's yeah. just no point. Like, it's kind of like, you're already soaking wet, but like, oh, I'm going to take off my shirt before there's I jump There's always the a sea. point. <laughs> it's like, well, what, what difference does that make? It doesn't make any damn difference. I just want to show off how incredibly Netflix, ripped. But... Just, yeah, <laughs> full on in, in Dawn of Justice. So, mm, mm. oh, oh yeah, that's a, the 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 lasting Batfleck legacy to me will be like yeah, the shower shot and him beating up that uh, that tire with a sledgehammer. <laughs> I think when I, when my old, in my old age and my dotage, that'll be what I remember about him the most. Will be. <laughs> Absolutely. Although I'd, I'd like to think that, but it probably will end up being that suit from the Flash. <laughs> More likely, oh, like, no, no. no. But no, this is uh, the scene will end here. There's a, there's a bit of the Nightcrawler in the background, but all the all the superheroes will gather around uh, a collection of Star Labs equipment that I'm assuming has just been like taken off them from because it looks like a dumping ground, right? Like the Parademons were like, strip them of everything, search for the mother box. It's none of these devices. Just leave it all here and and take them further, right? So. Yeah. This is the last scene we'll get. Um I always like seeing uh Star Lab or I always like seeing uh fictional ID badges. Like you go to your comic con convention and they got yeah. all these like fake IDs that you can buy, like Jurassic Park or like Nostromo, stuff like that. And seeing a Star Labs one, it's like, Oh, that's cool. I bet at the next convention I go to so they'll 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 have that and you can buy it. Mm. It's still always yeah. There's always a little. I think that that even happened to me uh, in the Flash, seeing on the 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 stuff they had Supergirl in, to seeing Cadmus written on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just had a yeah. little bit of go, like nudging John. Just like oh, yeah. it's coming. I know what's coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, so sometimes yeah, fans can be. Any bone could be the, the, the easiest thing to throw. So it's like, oh, my God, they yeah. reference the thing I know. <laughs> Love it. Uh, there's also a $2 bill there. Oh. Uh, that's kind of rare in America. Oh. I'm trying to think. Yeah, we don't really uh, – our smallest note, like, it's a five pounds. So what's that equivalent of in American money? That's like – Three dollars and seventeen cents, or something like that. Yeah, no. Is it the other? Is it that way or the other? Well, either way, it's not much, but it's also nowhere near. We don't have like small changes notes anymore. They're all coins. Mm. Yeah. So we we still have the the one dollar bill is um, our lowest bill, um, but it normally goes one five ten twenty. But the two dollar bill is 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 rare, and so to get it's a, like a novelty. Yeah. To get a $2 bill is like, whoa. You know, I mean, I was, um, when I was a server once, I had like, you know, I would have to go deposit my tips every day because I didn't want all that cash on me. And one time I got a $2 bill and I put it through the ATM because you can deposit money in ATM now. I'm saying this like, this is new, but this is like, you can been doing that for a while. (laughs) That's new to me. That's great. Shoot it back. (laughs) Yeah. Well, no, it jammed the machine. 
Oh, and uh, nice. I had to wait till Monday because it was on a weekend to be like, yeah, I came here and deposited money and the ATM ate my my tips and did not deposit in my account. Now, now the money is stuck in there uh, because of that $2 bill because ATM couldn't, didn't understand what this $2 bill was. Uh, and so it just <laughs> never seen one. So silly, awful. <laughs> little little hidden Easter eggs. Yeah. Uh, anyone else have notes for this one? No, I'm. Uh, I think that's it. Yeah, I'm just looking because I know we got some uh, irons action next minute. Yes, we so do. I'm, 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 I'm yeah. dying to get it. <laughs> the Oh, I just love Jeremy Irons as Alfred so much, so I'm just dying <laughs> to get into that. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to wrap up for today. If you've enjoyed today's show, please consider leaving us a five-star review. It really does help the show, and it helps new listeners discover the show as well. If you'd like to join in on the conversation, you can find us on Twitter at DCEU Minute. And if you'd like bonus content, we have a Patreon for just $3 with tons of other podcasts to listen to. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you here next time on DC Cinematic Minute.